Hello and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum. I'm one of your hosts, Kirsten Hassler, and I'm the Executive Director of Eagle Forum. Today, it's hard to ignore our culture's great value that is placed in June as Pride Month, a month dedicated to celebrating Pride culture or the LGBTQ identities. And we've invited a great friend of Eagle Forum on today, Eagle or Erin Brewer, to share a bit about the bullying that she has experienced warning others of the dangers of transgender ideology and just in the culture in general, especially in terms of its harms to children. Erin grew up in Salt Lake City, where she had inspiring high school teachers who took the time to teach her more than academics. She went on to earn a BS from Hampshire College, and after getting her master's and PhD from Utah State University, she was a stay-at-home mom and homeschool teacher for about 10 years. During this time, she also volunteered at a number of local agencies and ran her own produce business. That's a really cool fact about you, Erin. <laughs> She writes the post-feminism blog and, it's, and is the creator of Choose Your Own Diagnosis, a video series that explores various mental disorders from the DSM-5 or American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> Her blog can be found at chooseyourowndiagnosis.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. Well, thank you for having me. I wish that the topic were a little bit less heavy. <laughs> me too, but it is important stuff. It is. Uh, so it's been a while since we've talked to you. We've had Erin on previously to discuss her movement or her journey through gender identity, but you now have your, no, your own organization. You're running a blog and you've written a book and you're about to go on a book tour. Can you tell right. us a little bit about these efforts? Oh, sure. Well, um, Partners for Ethical Care, I'm actually a co-founder. There are a number of us who came together and decided that we needed to form an organization that um, would reach um, sort of that was non-political, non-secular. It was just sort of, um, you know, to focus our efforts on this one issue and try and get people from the left and the right, um, Christians, atheists, moderates, everything in between. Um, you know, right now things are so polarized. And so this group is really... Um, just focus on this one issue so that we don't have these other mm -hmm. uh, topics that kind of distract us and can divide us because we feel like this is really where need, our focus needs to be because we have a whole generation of children that's being deceived and destroyed. Mm -hmm. So um, with the help of them, I actually uh, have written this book and um, it's actually a children's book. So um, Initially, when I thought about writing a children's book about my childhood experience, I just cringed because I thought, oh, it's, it, it was a, um, a very horrific sexual assault that happened that caused me to assume a transgender identity. And I couldn't imagine how I could write about that in a way that was accessible to children. But then I, I actually saw uh, Jazz Jennings and I, I looked at his book and I thought, well, if Jazz Jennings can write about being born in the wrong body, I'm not sure if there's anything more disturbing or scary to a child than that. And so I decided that I was going to do my best to write a book that would be accessible to children, that would be honest but not scary, and that would provide important information to, to their schoolmates, to themselves, to parents and teachers and therapists. And so Partners for Ethical Care published the book. Um, they got some donations so that we were able to buy 100 copies. And I'm gonna be leaving in about a, uh, five days now to 
um, to start to travel across the country and stop at public libraries and give them a copy and try to spread information. Because I think right now, the vast majority of people really have no idea what's going on. They hear, you know, to support trans kids and they're like, oh yeah, we want to be nice. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that there is no such thing as a transgender child. That transitioning is actually a treatment for gender dysphoria, not an identity. And so I feel like it's really important to get this information out there and also to let people know that the vast majority of kids with gender dysphoria have an underlying trauma or other issue that's causing them to assume the transgender identity. Yeah, and I think you're so right. And your book and and really what you're doing in all the outlets is providing a different outlet for parents or, and and even just teachers or just concerned adults who want other information other than the transgender ideology being thrown at them. I mean, I think of, we went back to the American History Museum in October when it opened back up and there was this exhibit called Embracing Yourself that included Jazz Jennings. And so for people who don't know who that is, you, you know, you just assume, oh, it's just a young girl, but it's really a, a young person suffering with gender dysphoria. That Isn't we're celebrating. That, so ironic that, that would be like celebrate celebrating authenticity. That this yeah. is now like, um, you know, causing self harm and long lifetime injury to your body mm-hmm. is considered now to be something to be celebrated and authentic. Yeah. This is this is a message we need to really stop. Um, and again, I think most people just really don't understand. Like you said, they see, you know, Jazz Jennings. They think that Jazz is struggling with something, and of mm-hmm. course, they don't want to be judgmental. Um, but I think that this is causing a lot of problems because people like me who are speaking up, we get bullied and harassed. Mm -hmm. Um, We get told to shut up. We get told that we're bigots and that we're equivalent to Nazis. We get death threats. This is not about tolerance. This is not about um, diversity. This is an ideology that's really taking over and damaging our children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so June is pride month as it's pretty hard to ignore. Wow. And it hit with like, my gosh, what a fury. I think we're all sort of just reeling and thinking it's only the first week of June. I know. I mean, and I think of that clip from Blue's Clues that is going viral on, on YouTube. And for parents who don't, you know, just maybe we don't have the time to screen every single piece of television that their child is watching. How do you watch out for this stuff? I mean, is it everywhere or what is your experience with this? Boy, that's a really good question. And unfortunately, I think it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it really has infiltrated into every facet of our society. Um, kindergartners are being exposed to this and, and they're taught that they should pick, pick, pick what sex they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let everybody know. And if, if, if the other children don't use the right pronouns, they're bullies. It really has infiltrated everywhere. Um, I think parents need to be profoundly diligent in order to protect their children. Mm-hmm. I would say if you've got young kids at home, um, get videos. Don't let them watch regular TV. Get videos so you can control what they're seeing. Do not let them on social media. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a cesspool out there and they're going to they're gonna fall into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would encourage everybody to read Maria Kessler's book, Desist, Detrans, Detox. And it's, it's specifically written for parents who have trans-identified children. But I think the information in there is so important 
that it would be a good idea for everybody to read it so they know what this ideology is and what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. That way they can kind of do some um, preemptive things in hopes of um, stopping their kids from being exposed to this. And if possible, homeschool your kids. And I know that's not Mm -hmm. possible for everybody, but this is in the schools in such a big way. We have, um, I can't tell you how many parents have contacted us Mm-hmm. And just in a state of shock because they found out that their you know, 13, 14 year old daughter has been using the boys bathroom and locker room and they had no idea. Um, a lot of times these are kids who have been traumatized or are autistic, so they're vulnerable. Yeah. And the fact that this is happening without parents even being informed is just shocking. Yeah, I think that the without being informed thing that it, it has... Um, our schools have, and really, I mean, Nickelodeon and all these other big mainstream companies have completely embraced this without assuming that, well, maybe not everyone's okay with it. Yeah. So and the fact that anybody who disagrees with it is considered a bigot. In fact, mm-hmm. um, we're increasingly hearing about parents losing custody of their children mm-hmm. as a result of this. If they don't affirm this, schools yeah. and therapists are calling protective services. Um, I actually know somebody who's, um, who has absolutely no visitation rights, not even supervised visitation rights with her daughter, simply because she isn't willing to call her daughter the, you know, the daughter's preferred name and pronouns. And at one point she said, okay, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll do that. And then the court said that she, did, she wasn't doing it with sincerity, so they still wouldn't reinstate even supervised visitation. Wow. I'm not sure if you're aware, but you know, children can be horribly abused by parents mm-hmm. and still get supervised visitation. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're taking away custody from parents simply for not using pronouns or preferred name or agreeing to allow their child to medically transition is really scary. So how do you think we've gotten to this point? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's complacency and I think yeah. it's ignorance. Um, in all honesty, uh, probably, Five years ago, maybe six years ago, I had no idea this was going on, even though I am, you know, aware of the trans movement and, mm-hmm. and the LGBT movement. I always considered myself one of those people who was tolerant and non-judgmental. And um, I, you know, even, even when um, I heard about transgender identified men wanting to come to women's bathroom, I kind of was like, I guess we should just be nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think a lot of it is coming from that, and a lot of it is coming from ignorance because uh, people aren't realizing this is big pharma pushing this. They're making so much money off of children. Um, so I think that that's one aspect. And the other aspect is autogonophiles, and those are men who are sexually aroused at the idea of themselves being women. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to normalize their behavior mm-hmm. and gain access to the bathrooms, and they're using our children as the conduit to do that. So mm-hmm. if they can normalize and, and convince everybody that a trans man or a trans identified man is a woman, trans identified woman is a man, then that allows them access. And so these are um, people who have nefarious intentions who are normalizing this behavior in order to get access to vulnerable people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know there's been a handful of, of bills, both at the state level and you know, there's been pushback at the federal level for the inclusion of some of this stuff, like the Violence Against Women Act. There was, new, there was, um, you could you could interpret the bill to allow men identifying as women into trans to women's only spaces like prison, domestic violence shelters, and prisons. So, what are some of the other 
wonderful efforts that you have seen enacted or at least advocated for at the state level to help push against this complacency? Well, I think um, one of the big ones is to fight back against therapy bills. Um, okay. Part of this, is the crux of this, is the idea that these children are born in the wrong body, when in fact we know that gender dysphoria is a mental health issue. So what activists have done is they've gone into states and they've required therapists to affirm a child's chosen gender identity rather than explore the underlying causes. And so if a child can't explore the underlying causes, um, what that means is the only treatment now available to that child is to medically transition. So it creates a pipeline. So to really fight back against these therapy demands, and again, they're, um, they're, they're sort of publicized as being, you know, banning like electroshock therapy mm -hmm. and abuse and all sorts of heinous things that people um, have done in the past to punish gay people, yeah. um, none of which are actually therapy, um, you know, for sure. And yet um, they've convinced people that that this is all under the umbrella of therapy. And so that's how they're getting these therapy bans enacted because people hear, oh my gosh, we don't want people to be electrocuted for being gay. Mm -hmm. uh, so they support them. And again, it's, it's very um, deceptive how they're doing it. The other um, bills that are being passed, and I believe Arkansas is the one that was successful in passing it, despite the governor vetoing it, they were able to overturn. And this is a bill that um, prohibits using transition as a medical treatment for gender dysphoria. Wow. Basically, it says you have to wait until they're 18 before you give puberty blockers, cross-sex mm -hmm. hormones, or surgery. People need to realize that children as young as eight years old are being put on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. And we have documentation that kids as young as 12, girls as young yeah. as 12 are having their breasts cut off, and boys as young as 15 are being castrated. This is like, I know, <laughs> unbelievable. So heartbreaking. And, yeah, and the fact that it's, yeah. it's been, um, a number of these bills have been um, introduced into the legislatures all over the country, and only Arkansas was able to get it passed, which wow. is really, I feel like we are letting the children down. Yeah. Um, we need to make sure this, this um, in 2022, that we can really fight back against this. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other one is sports bills, and there have been some more, we've had more success with the sports bills. So what the sports bills basically suggest is that biological males should not compete against biological females, mm -hmm. which I think mm, the vast majority of the population would say, of course, <laughs> why, why, why would you even need to legislate that? Mm -hmm. As you said, we're having a lot of um, executive orders and other legislative efforts that are requiring um, sports organizations to allow biological men in, to compete as women if they, and all they have to do is say they, they are a woman. They don't have to do anything else um, to change, you know. And so this allows really predatory behavior because in addition to competing in the sports, it also allows them access to the locker rooms and the um, showers of the female athletes. They basically have to be accepted as um, one of the team and, and participate in overnight trips with the girls and participate in the showers and locker rooms. So it's really yeah. quite disturbing. Um, <laughs> and I, I think one of the things people don't realize is how the language is being appropriated. So mm -hmm. uh, just this week in the Violence Against Women Act, I, I believe it was the Violence Against Women Act, um, Biden referred to, to women 
to mothers as birthing parents. So they're erasing mothers, yeah. they're erasing sisters and wives. They're calling us now all this, you know, very gender neutral mm -hmm. language. The, the idea that mothers would now be called birthing parents, I just think is absurd. It's so um, degrading. So degrading, <laughs> yeah. It reduces us to our biological function instead yeah. of you know, a holistic person. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, as you mentioned, these efforts are really eroding away women's protections because, mm -hmm. um, you know, in prisons, men are now allowed to identify as women and gain access to prison. Mm -hmm. If the Equality Act is passed, churches um, will have to accept, you know, any church that does any kind of outreach, public yeah. outreach whatsoever, is going to have to accept males who identify as females as actual females and vice versa. So that would mean that Catholic churches would be required to allow men in their nunneries if a man simply identified as a woman. Yeah. Or, you know, in the Jews, a lot of the, you know, Orthodox Jews and other mm -hmm. religions have sex separated spaces. Those would not be allowed um, if this if this legislation goes past. If there's any outreach whatsoever, so the only way that an organization, a church, can protect itself is by offering absolutely no outreach. And we know, for the vast majority of people, part of um, you know being involved in a church yeah. is that outreach, is you know providing services to the poor, mm -hmm. um, comfort to the needy, protecting children. And so if if they're not able to do that then again, the government's going to have to step in, which I think might be the end goal, because they want to socialize everything mm -hmm. and take yeah. those responsibilities that we we have. Um, they're going to take them away and, and give them to government. We know the government doesn't do a good job. And so um, it, it really, the, the implications are quite scary. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually anticipated that Biden would do some things that were, you know, pushing this agenda when he came into office, mm -hmm. but I think, I don't think any of us imagined the degree to which he would be pushing this. Um, yeah. I, think, really yeah. I mean, I can't even really imagine just for, I guess it's almost what, like five, six years now under the Obama administration, no one was talking about birthing persons or chest feeding or nor were there ads for menstrual products included with transgender women in there. Yeah, Lane Bryant, the women's clothing store, has a yeah. drag queen now as its spokesperson. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's like women are just being pushed aside and suddenly men's, um, you know, if men's feelings are hurt, then it doesn't matter what women's rights and protections are violated. It's really oh, yeah. shocking because, um, you know, when you think <laughs> of the leftist ideology, you think of like the feminism. Um, yeah. And so it's really confusing I know. how all this is being pushed. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I guess the one good thing about the pendulum being so far to the, in the extreme in, in terms of, you know, accepting transgender ideology is that we are starting to see some help from uh, you know, mainstream feminists in this. And so I guess, could you talk a little bit about why that is? And then, you know, what sort of pushback have you received from speaking out about just like, this doesn't really make sense. Like we're celebrating womanhood, yet we have men that are pretending to be women. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I do think the pendulum has swung really far and I yeah. think it's taken people by surprise. So, you know, initially, even two years ago when I started, you know, speaking 
freaking out about this. Um, I would talk about children getting surgery and puberty blockers mm -hmm. and drugs, and people would say, oh, you're just making that up. That doesn't happen. And I'd have, you know, even activists would argue yeah. and say, that, you know, you're just making that up. That doesn't happen. You're just fear mongering. And so they were able to perpetuate this without people realizing mm -hmm. what was going on because they were, they did such a good job of sort of um, discrediting anybody who was speaking out. Well, now it's pretty darn obvious <laughs> what's happening because when we go to legislative hearings, we actually have doctors who get up there and suggest that these um, interventions are, you know, necessary interventions, which I can't think of anything more absurd. And so I think a lot of people are starting to wake up and realize how dangerous this is. They're starting to have, you know, they're starting to know people whose children are being damaged by this yeah. ideology or parents who have lost children as a result of this ideology. They're starting to, you know, hear stories of kids who run away to Oregon to get mm -hmm. their breasts amputated because they can't get it done in the state that they're in. Um, and so it really, I think that you're right, this pendulum, pendulum really has swung and mm -hmm. um, it's swung really hard. And yeah. so um, the good news is, as long as it doesn't tip over, it will come back. Yeah. <laughs> but it is really hard to speak out. And I think that's the other reason why it's gotten to the point that it is. Um, most of us who speak publicly um, about this have gotten death threats. We've gotten rape threats. Um, we've had family members who have um, been told that um, we should be mm -hmm. killed. Um, most of us have lost very good friends and close yeah. family members as a result of this. Um, we're being portrayed as being hateful and bigoted and um, really Nazis is what they call us. And they suggest that, you know, we should be killed and wow. often in very gruesome ways. And so I don't know. You know, if your viewers are aware of um, J.K. Rowling, who wrote Harry Potter, mm -hmm. uh, but she was threatened with just horrible, you know, sexual assault um, and torture as a result of simply saying that women have a right to determine um, who comes into our spaces and, mm -hmm. and we don't consent to having, you know, to, to men identifying as women being um, actually accepted as biological women. Um, and, it, and I think that silenced people. We know um, Ken Zucker, who was in Canada and actually had a clinic where he treated kids with gender dysphoria, he actually transitioned most of them. The, I think it was 66% of the kids wow. in the clinic were on puberty blockers. So he actually was very much in favor of this, but, but they went after him because he didn't believe that every child who identified as transgender should immediately be medicalized. And so I think people see that and they get scared. They're afraid yeah. to speak out. I know that I've had people tell me, I'm, you know, thank you so much for speaking out. I can't, I'll lose my job. I'll lose my husband. I'll lose my children. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, they're really kind of bullied into silence. And I think that that's when it gets really scary yeah. when people are afraid to speak out because they will, you know, lose their livelihood, um, potentially get attacked and physically hurt. I mean, this kind of bullying is, I, I can't remember ever in my life um, this kind of bullying being accepted. And um, I know that when I'm, you know, I've, I've run into some trans activists and they've called me, you know, names I won't repeat in the show. Yeah. They're really offensive. Um, and in any other situation, if men were publicly calling women such degrading names, you know, people would be outraged. Mm -hmm. In this case, these, these men are celebrated. Mm, it, yeah, that, it's just... 
It is uh, just disheartening. <laughs> so you, before we started the show, you were telling me about um, a slogan or, or something that you saw on the New York City train. Right. Actually, uh, so, you know, as we know, everybody's celebrating Pride Month. And yeah. It used to be that Pride was about um, same-sex attraction. Yeah. Well, now it's about <laughs> pretty much anything deviant, I think. You know, there is no boundaries. Yeah. It's celebrating... Um, you know, having uh, multiple partners, it's celebrating having sex with kids, it's celebrating, um, you know, pretty much any kind of deviant behavior <laughs> that you can think of. Um, and so, you know, we're seeing, you know, the, the, the boundaries really pushed, but this particular poster has just been plastered all over the New York subways. And it's, um, the way it's made, it's meant to look like it's put out by the um, Metropolitan Tra Train Company. Wow. But it basically says, um, no bigotry, hate, or prejudice allows, allowed at the station any time. And then at the bottom it says, reminder, respect trans people or, or your pronouns will be was and were. Which to me really sounds like a death threat. Basically, you will accept this ideology. You will use the language we demand yeah. you to use. Or, or we will kill you or, or somehow dispose of you. That you will not be allowed to exist unless you do what we say. These are not loving and kind and tolerant people. Um, you know, <laughs> these are bullies. Um, these are people who are trying to really um, intimidate others into doing what they want. That's not what America is about. Yeah. And I, I, I think most of us, this Pride Month has just been, you know, between Blue's Clues, Legos came out with something. I mean, pretty much every brand, even Zoom. <laughs> when I went to log in, I noticed they had their um, Zoom logo in a rainbow. And so... And again, um, I think most people, they see the rainbow and they just think, oh, how nice. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want to, because there has been a history of, of gays and lesbians be, being treated very poorly. Mm -hmm. And so I think the idea that we don't want to, you know, we don't want to um, beat up people for being gays and lesbians mm -hmm. resonates because, you know, there were, there were some, some bad behavior on the part of especially very conservative Christians. Mm -hmm. And I think... Um, kind of push the pendulum this way because people were like, we don't want to be like that. Yeah. You know, we know that we need to um, extend a loving heart to all people, even if we don't agree with their behavior, mm -hmm. um, that we can separate the behavior from the yeah. person and love the person despite their behavior. Whereas, um, you know, I think they, they used that to just push this agenda so far. I mean, it really is um, getting to the point where, 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 I believe that pedophilia is going to be considered a sexual orientation and be protected. Ugh, I mean, I guess we're talking all this really bad stuff. <laughs> I know, it's, I know when I hear myself sometimes, I'm like, this is insane. Uh, I mean, I just, it, it makes me want to take my child and just run away somewhere. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you say that. Um, we kind of joke about becoming Amish sometimes yeah. because it seems like maybe they have it right. I have a friend who lives in Israel and she's, you know, you would think in Israel, which is a, you know, a country with, you know, strong religious mm -hmm. foundations, but this is happening there too. She said she can't walk down the street without it being in her face that all, you know, um, she goes to the market and, and a lot of the products are now branded LGBTQAI++. Yeah. They have parades with, of course, people dressed up as dogs on collars, mm -hmm. people walking around with hardly any clothes on, all celebrating um, Pride Month. So it's not just here in the U.S. It's yeah. really um, worldwide. Oh, 
Yeah, that is really sad. Not to be like discouraging. <laughs> I, and I think maybe use that, like if, if people are listening to this and they think, oh my gosh, this is horrible. What should we do? Um, should we just become Amish? <laughs> and I, I want to say, no, we need to push back against this because yeah. they're not going to stop until they hit a wall. They're going to keep pushing until um, they take down every boundary that we have. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess on that note, what is something that you are clinging to right now that is helping you not give up hope in this fight that really, I mean, for all intents and purposes, seems pretty lost? Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting. And I think what it is, is that my organization has a, a website and we have a chat function. We try to be available um, most of the time. We're not always able to because we're a small group and we're mm -hmm. all volunteers, but but we get emails and we get online chats from people who say, oh my gosh, I had no idea what was happening. What can I do? Um, and so people like me <laughs> who, who maybe considered themselves very liberal five years ago are starting to sort of have their eyes open. And so that's not necessarily a positive, but it does let me know that um, at least people are starting to understand how dangerous this is, yeah. that, you know, that, um, and there are, there are people like um, Skylar Gwynn, who is a, you know, retired grandmother who decided that she wants to do something. So mm -hmm. she is, she got on her motorcycle, she's riding across the country and stopping at gender clinics to put posters up and protest. You know, so there are people who are starting to um, really say enough is enough and to, to, to be willing to speak out when normally they would be silenced. It's almost gotten to the point, I think, where people realize if we don't speak out now, we might not be able to in the future. Yeah. So I'm wondering, just on a really practical level, you know, if I'm, I'm taking my son, to, I don't know, like to the park, and there's a little boy there who's, who's, his mom tells me that he goes by Molly. Mm -hmm. How do I, what, what is your advice for what to do in that circumstance? I would actually suggest parents talk to their kids ahead of time. Okay. And I know this is, this is a really tough topic because yeah. these are things that we don't want to have to talk to our kids about, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's, it's like drugs or pornography. If we yeah. don't talk to them um, ahead of time, they're not going to be prepared when they see it. And so mm -hmm. I think it's really important that parents, you know, sit down and have these discussions, even with kindergartners and say, yeah. Hey, there might be a child in your classroom and they've been deceived and um you need you know i i do think that it's it's gosh i hate to tell a child that they have you know they have to lie because basically yeah. calling someone by the wrong pronouns is lying mm -hmm. um and it's it's such a hard call because in some schools children have been disciplined yeah. for not using pronouns so i th think as a parent i would um suggest to the child that they you know, while they're at school that they, or while they're at the park that they can, um, they can choose if they want to use those mm -hmm. or not. They can even challenge it. They can say, oh, you're pretending to be a girl today. I am pretending to be a leprechaun, yeah. you know, and, and try and engage the child in that way. And that's something a child can do. If you, if you yeah. sort of do some role playing with them ahead of time, that might help your child to sort of navigate the situation. Mm -hmm. And it might also help the child who's trans-identified because they might, you know, it might sort of put a seed in their head that this is like, that we can be, you know, we can pretend to be lots of different yeah. things, but that doesn't change the essence of who we really are. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about your book tour. Yeah. Where, so where can we see you and, and, and what are you doing on this tour? 
Yeah, and actually, I, I kind of call it an action rather than a book tour because, yeah. it, you know, typically a book tour, the author goes to bookstores and signs books. Mm -hmm. This is really different. So uh, I'm, I'm leaving Salt Lake City after a legislative hearing next week. Um, the yeah. hearing is actually about this issue, and we're trying to inform legislators about what's going on. And I'm heading to Laramie is going to be my first stop. And when I stop, I'm going to go into the library and give them a copy of my book and try to give them some information about what's going on. I have a bunch of um, postcards to give out to people to give them more information, you know, about all of these different issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm also going to stop at gender clinics and, and you know, I'm not going to protest because I'm by myself, but I'm just going to try to stop and engage with people, you know, talk mm -hmm. to them a little bit. And so it's very different from your typical book tour. I'm also going to um, speak to groups. And so there are a number of people who have reached out and said, will you speak to my group, either my church group or civic group? And mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to do that. So after um, Wyoming, I'm going to go to Denver for a couple of days. Okay. Then um, I believe I'm heading up to Nebraska for a day or two and then to Kansas. When I'm in Kansas, I'm hoping to be positioned close enough to the border that I can go into Arkansas and um, and then after that, I'm going to go down to Texas and really spend a lot of time in Texas. Um, Jeff Younger is having a hearing on um, July 2nd. His wife is trying to medically transition his mm -hmm. son, even though his son identifies as a boy when he's with his dad. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so this is really concerning. Basically, his mom started teaching him he was a girl from a very early age. Mm -hmm. The only way he gets affirmation from his mother and affection and attention is by, you know, assuming that identity when he's with his mother. Well, they're trying to um, suggest that Jeff is in the wrong here, that he somehow has to prove that his son is actually a boy. So I think when we're there, there are going to be some um, protests. We're, we're trying to organize some kind of event um, in, in Dallas. And then after that, I'm going to travel around um, Texas a little bit more and then head through Louisiana over to Alabama spend some time in Alabama. I have some um, really good friends who are part of the Eagle Forum there. I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with them. So I'm super excited to go back to Alabama. I was there to testify at a hearing um, a couple years ago, and I just fell in love with it and the people. Mm -hmm. After Alabama, I'm going um, back to Louisiana to present at the Ruth Institute Conference and um, also to hand out more books at libraries. And then I'm gonna head home and I still am trying to decide what route to take home. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna kind of see how things are um, received. I, I'm, I'm tending to think I'm gonna head towards Arizona because I wanna hit as many states as I can. Yeah. And also part of it will have to do with how, how many books I have left because <laughs> um, you know I wanna, I wanna um, make sure that I'm able to, to give books to the libraries that I stop at mm -hmm. because I think libraries are really critical. Um, and so that's, I'm, it's gonna be a whirlwind tour. I've never done anything like this. Um, I tend to be a homebody. I tend to be very introverted, um, but I just really felt like um, we need to have a counter narrative to mm -hmm. I Am Jazz and all the other books yeah. that are out there. And we need people to know that there are these other experiences, that there are children, um, who have developed gender dysphoria as a result of an assault or other trauma, mm -hmm. and that those kids are being denied appropriate mental health mm -hmm. services if they're pushed to transition. Yeah. Well, we're so grateful that you are working so hard in this fight, really to defend our kids. And, you know, you can find Aaron's book on Amazon, where anywhere else. 
It's also on the Partners for Ethical That's Care Partners for Ethical yeah. Care. Okay. So encourage you to purchase that. We'll include a link to to everything that Erin is doing and um, so you can get involved in this fight. But thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. It's always oh, a, such a great discussion. Yeah, I really appreciate it and all the good work you're doing. This is just such an important issue and I'm glad that you're um, really taking it on and taking it seriously. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, and, and we hope our listeners, you know, you're also you know, getting fired up for this fight as well. And if yeah, and, and if they want to follow my adventures this sure. next, you know, month and a half on Facebook, um, I will be posting everything publicly on Facebook. Okay. Uh, so I'll try and take pictures of the various libraries I go to and um, try and provide some other, you know, fun things so that people can see that they're, you know, it's really easy to do something. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to go, you know, driving across the country with a book. You know, you can do some really simple things to make a difference. So yeah. I'm to, to use this as a platform to also share those um, ideas with people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just purchasing the book and dropping it off at your library. That's a yeah. really easy step to do. Well, <laughs> thank you again, Erin, for joining us. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you have a second, we'd really appreciate it if you would consider subscribing to Engage with Eagle Forum, sharing with your friends, and leaving us a review. You can find us on all the major social media outlets and at engagewitheagleforum.com. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.